Hired by faith, driven by results, it's the Compassion Network Podcast with Tia Ramey. Thank you for tuning in to another night of the Compassion Network where we discuss leadership from the perspective of faith. I'm your host, Tia Ramey, and I'm excited to introduce to you my network of compassionate friends around the state of Ohio that have made changing lives their business. Today, I want to introduce you to someone that I have great respect for. Representative Thomas West works hard for the people of Canton, Ohio. I see him on the move, and it's safe to say he does not let the grass grow under his feet. Representative West serves as uh, a legislative liaison on several committees in his role as a state representative. He was appointed to the Ohio Commission on Fatherhood and the Governor's Executive Workforce Board which I know is a ton of work to do, uh, especially in my experience with working with Governor DeWine. There's always work to be done. Uh, Representative West, welcome to the show. Good evening, Tia. It's wonderful to be here. I'm so thankful uh, to be on the Compassion Network. We're so glad to have you here. You know, I have been really particularly interested in uh, a lot of the work that you do and you know, we've crossed paths several times, and I see how you interact with the faith-based community. You seem to be at home in that space. Oh, yeah. You know, I tell you, when as, as a child, uh, of course, I, I came to know the Lord when I was uh, just in fifth grade. And, and uh, of course, uh, he never let me down ever since. And I've been on uh, that faith mission uh, in serving God and as well as serving the citizens of of, of this great state of Ohio. And I, I'm excited to be at the legislature right now and to do the work that we're doing and to connect with the faith-based institutions, understanding right now where all the churches are are, are, are just, you know, really rebounding from the 2008 recession. And now we're in a, uh, the COVID-19 and having, uh, of course, having to uh, address those issues as well. So this is a time where we all hands on deck and, we need to make certain that we support our faith institutions, and I'm just proud to do that. And that's why I spent a lot of time uh, coming up there and talking with uh, the faith-based, the governor's faith-based initiative, uh, to find out what kind of uh, resources are out there that we can uh, get back to our home churches. You know what I really, really appreciate about the faith-based community is they have reached out a lot just to say, "How can we help?" Um, that's that's one thing I appreciate about. Um, people of faith is that they believe that they can help. And instead of them like sitting at home worrying about what's not happening, they're like, what can we make happen? So I really appreciate leaders like yourself that step up to the plate every single day and uh, lock arms, dig our heels in the trenches and and get to work for our communities. So what is a work day like right now during this COVID-19 crisis for an Ohio legislator? Well, I can tell you, you know, uh, first of all, every day that I get up, uh, I'm honored to be in this position as a legislator, serving the 49th House District here in Stark County. But most of it's been, you know, I've been a social worker for 25 years, a city councilman for 13 years. You know, I've I've been in the faith community and did shows. I mean, I've done a lot of things. You know, I embrace the scripture that, you know, God told us that we can do all things through him that gives us strength and so I believe in that, that scripture, and I believe that I can make things happen. Uh, like today, uh, when I got a call from Pastor Gamble uh, at Trinity uh, Gospel Temple, they're giving out, uh, or actually they were selling, they were in partnership with um, a meat, a chicken uh, farm, or park farms, 
and they were giving out reduced price chicken and just to anyone that pulled up in a car. And uh, it was like 50 cents a pound, which is very cheap for, for chicken. And they had about 100 cars coming through, and then the health department came and shut them down. So even being able to advocate uh, for them to be able to keep doing what they're doing uh, was, was a blessing, not only to them, but it was a blessing to our community. And that was something that I was able to do just to be able to advocate for individuals uh, in this position. Um, being a legislator, you know, you can see all the wrongs that's going on throughout the society, and then you can bring a, a, you can make a change by just bringing legislation. And, you know, that's what I've been able to do in my position, and I, I love it. So what are some of the bills that you're passionate about right now, you know, the needs that you see in your community and, and the gaps that you are working to fill uh, right now being a legislator? What are you hoping to, to move down the field for well, Ohioans? Let, let me say this. I think that we've done this so many bills, but I, I, one of the bills that we did this year and we actually got passed uh, through the legislature as House Bill 12. Uh, and I partnered with Don Manning, who just recently passed away. Um, but we got that bill passed, and it got signed into law uh, by the governor uh, this year. But it was a, a prevention to establish a children's prevention network so that we're starting to focus on how can we prevent all these atrocities that are happening with children and families Let's do preventive work. Let's find out the things that we can do to prevent them. Uh, so they put forth a network that's all across the state, and they're going to come back to the legislature with um, some concepts and, and ideas that we can um, actually implement uh, to help families and help these children uh, succeed. So that was one big thing that we did this year. You know, I've done stuff in criminal justice reform. We've done bills uh, even that dealt with this COVID-19. Right now, you find a lot of businesses that have um, a lot of businesses and individuals that have are, are hurting. So we put together a rent rebate program where individuals are able to, as long as they pay their rent for 12 months, then they can apply to the state for um, a rebate of $650 towards their mm -hmm. rent. Wow! Uh, which will help seniors mm -hmm. and you know and low-income individuals. That was a bill that uh, we. We have uh, on the drawing board right now. Have another bill that we um, are. There's a lot of businesses that have tried to start and they failed for whatever reason, and they may owe the state or the attorney general's office some money. Uh, so what we're asking the attorney general to do is to forgive fees and to give those penalties and allow them to pay face dollar, um, you know, right off the bat and you know, get that debt taken care of so that they can move forward in their lives. Um, there's another bill we have to try to stop the, the creditors from uh, calling people during this time. So those are some things that we were able to implement based on the essential uh, implement. Those are some things that we introduced based on today's um, COVID-19 and, and the pandemic that we're experiencing. That is a lot. I mean, and that's incredible, the work that you do. And if you can just give us some insight as to, you know, what role your faith plays in you doing these things that you're working to achieve. I love hearing that you were fighting for the little guy and considering communities that are 
uh, you know, struggling and, and dealing with some disparities. Can you talk about your faith and, and how it inspires you to do that work? Yeah, faith is in everything that I do. You know, Hebrews 11.1 1, uh, it says the, what faith is, and faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things uh, not seen. And when you start looking at faith, you know, it, without faith, your work is dead. And I think they say that in James. But when you look at the work that we do at the state house, and when you put forth legislation, what without faith, um, you know, I don't think your legislation is going to move too far. You have to believe in what you are putting out there. You have to believe in what you're doing, and you have to have faith that God's going to see you through whatever it is that you're putting forward. Forward. And, you know, I think that all of my life I've been able to use faith, uh, have faith that God's going to get me through whatever uh, it is that I put forth, that, that effort. Does that make sense? That makes sense. And, that's, you know, that's one of the very first verses I remember my mom making me memorize when I was a kid with Hebrews 11.1. 1. So I really appreciate hearing the way uh, that particular verse has an impact on Ohio's legislature, you know, because of individuals like yourself. And, you know, one of the things I really was excited to talk to you about is the Ohio Commission on Fatherhood. I know that you are a commissioner on that board. Can you give people just an insight as to what that is and uh, what is Ohio's interest in dads? Well, well, Tia, I think you are really hitting a heart nerve because that's my, one of my favorite topics right now, and it's been the father. Uh, and the Fatherhood Commission is, is, first of all, let me give a shout-out to the director uh, Kim Dent, who is doing a wonderful job. Uh, you know, she speaks all across the nation, and uh, she's putting on a big fatherhood conference that actually has been delayed as a result of COVID-19. Uh, so I, you know, let everyone know that to, to get involved in the Fatherhood Commission, go on their website, see all the stuff there, the wonderful things that they're doing. Uh, you know, the mission is basically to get fathers back with their children, to reconnect fathers uh, in their families. Um, as you probably know, and, and many people know out there, I don't know what it is, but fathers they, they, fathers don't get that much going on, right? And when I came yeah. to the legislature, I seen that the Fatherhood Commission uh, was, I mean, they had, I think, a million-dollar budget. And, you know, my thinking at that point in time was, how can I, I'm going to finance, how can I push to get more money for fathers? Um because I believe the answer to a lot of our social ills are are at the foot of the father. Mm. I mean, and I'll say it this way, you know, I just look at my neighborhood and my house. In my house, I, you know, I'm the man of the house, and I know that everyone knows that I live here. And so I don't have that much stuff going around my house, but I, I take care of the home. I take care of my family. I take care of what's around my home. And what I, I believe that a lot of the social ills are at the foot of the father because a lot of fathers aren't at home. And, you know, when a father is not, you know, when he doesn't get a lot, no money in his pocket and when he's feeling kind of down, everything around him kind of self-destructs. <laughs> I hate to say yeah. it that way, but it does. But when he got a little bit of money in his pocket, he feels a little good about himself. He takes care of his kids. He takes care of his homes. Even if they're not together, he still has a sense of obligation to take care of that home and that family and make certain that no no weapon is going to come against that home, right? 
So I believe that when we get more men and more families back together, then what you will find is you'll have a better homes, better neighborhoods, better communities as a result of it. And, of course, ultimately a better state of Ohio. And that's why it's important for us to make certain that we invest in our families and invest in the Fatherhood Commission uh, and in our churches because, you know, even advocating for more money to get into the faith-based um, governor's faith-based initiative is because the one thing that I've seen is what was absent um, in our communities is churches was not able to help like they used to. Some churches are because they're mega churches and they have the resources, but a lot of churches you go by, you don't see a lot of cars anymore. And this was an opportunity to put money in, you know, in the faith, the governor's faith-based and community initiatives programs so that they can start giving out more money into neighborhoods and communities uh, and help from that other angle that while social services come from the different directions and we can work together to help build up our families. I really appreciate what you said. You know, I had a conversation with my husband a couple weeks ago and he was just kind of um, complaining that there wasn't enough of a community for men and, and fathers who want to be good men. There's, there's all kinds of communities, you know, to do other things and to get into other things. But if you want to be a good man, a good husband, a good father, there's not a support network for that. And that used to be the role of the church. Um, so it's, it's yeah. a little sad, you know, that a lot of men are not associating that sort of um, building building them up you know, with our churches anymore. I mean, do you have an opinion on what the faith community could do better to support men uh, in, in that way? Because I think everybody needs a community to, you know, to, to be a better version of themselves. Well, yeah, and you see, I mean, in a lot of the marches and a lot of the things that traditionally happen, usually women are leading a lot of those efforts and then men jump on uh, when they see things. We have to have a little bit more faith and stepping out there and, and knowing that God got our back. So I agree. I'd like to see more things happening with men. I'd like to see men uh, in leadership roles, um, you know, not just here on the local level, but also on the state level. Uh, so that's why it's, it's important. It's also important for, for women to have, you know, these leading roles. You know, right now we have a, an awesome minority leader, uh, Amelia Strong Sykes, and she's doing a wonderful job and supports uh, again, building up the, the family, building up, and more specifically, building up the black family uh, through the Ohio Legislative Black Caucus. I mean, there's a lot of things that are going on at the state level that can help the local level. We just all got to get on the same page. So let me ask you, this is one thing that I was, um, I've was i been particularly curious about with the Ohio Commission on Fatherhood. I I see that there are programs, fatherhood programs and things that the commission has funded. How does someone get into that program? I could not associate, like, my dad saying, I want to sign up for a fatherhood program, you know. Um, I, I don't know that, like, I see women all the time looking for classes and workshops. I just got off of a, a marriage panel for women. I see so many blogs and things for moms. But how does a dad get connected to programs like these that help them or support groups that help them to uh, strengthen their fatherhood skills? So now, like, there's programs and in, in the the Fatherhood Commission actually funds a lot of grant programs all throughout the, the state of Ohio. 
and a lot of those programs are, are through the Department of Jobs and Family Services. You can reach out there, but you can also go on the website and uh, the Ohio Commission on uh, Fatherhood and, and, and reach out to them, and then they can tell you what location to reach out to. I know I went to a, uh, a program that's called Dads to Be up in Columbus, and, oh, my, they were just a wonderful program, and they were doing some wonderful things connecting fathers, uh, you know, having programs around infant mortality and how fathers play a major role in their, you know, child-rearing and helping with that child um, as, they, as they develop. And helping that father understand what his role is uh, in that. Because most men, you know, you have a child, you have a baby, next thing you know, you're, um, you know, you're leaving it all up to the woman. And that's not the case. And I think that's where the Fatherhood Commission and programs like that can help fathers be able to, you know, understand how they play that role. And even if you are absent, uh, one, one of the things that I was able to do is to get my brother-in-law connected to uh, the Fatherhood Commission. Uh, and just recently, I reached, him out to, reached out to Kim and I said, hey, uh, COVID-19 shut everything down. And he had a court date for a custody hearing. And, and since he didn't go because he thought the courts was closed, uh, they went ahead and ruled against him and gave full custody to the mother. And here he's getting married on Friday, and he was hoping to have everything, you know, moving forward in his life and have shared custody with his daughter. And then this happens. Well, when he gets connected to the Fatherhood Commission, now, they're able to help him not only address child support and issues like that, they're able to help navigate and, and work with the courts to try to get him another hearing or get him the information for which he, you know, needs to move forward. So there's a lot of things that I also tell fathers that if you need help and you need some support that's around child, uh, child support issues, then you want to get connected to the Fatherhood Commission, the Commission on Fatherhood, excuse me. I didn't realize they did all that. So, you know, as a legislator, that's amazing. And I'm I'm glad to hear that there is some advocacy for dads um, because I know that dads are also um, dealing with some injustice too. Um, And so my my question to you is as a legislator, what is your opinion on on what policies need to change to help support dads so that they can be uh, better and stronger for their families? Well, you know, I'm a strong believer that, you know, when you have a a family, one of the things is we're totally out of order. And when you have fathers that are um, engaged in a home, uh, oftentimes we allow our legislators um, from the federal level to come in and, you know, kind of poverty pimp uh, the mothers instead of addressing the father or addressing the couple. And they kind of moved the father outside of the home. I would like to see us have more policies that are, you know, addressing the the father and building him up. When you build him up, you ultimately build that family up. And I know my son, uh, he tries to mimic what I do. When he he was little, he used to jump in my shoes and try to walk like me, right? And that's, (laughs) that's a big compliment. And I think that that's what kids do, and that's they, they look at their fathers, they see that, they see what happens, they mimic him. And if we start to bring services down to help fathers um, and put dollars in 
that also help families, then I think that that's something that we can, uh, we will get a strong, we will build a stronger Ohio as a result of it. That's awesome. You know, even daughters, they mimic dads too. My dad was a musician, so I used to try and play with his guitar and <laughs> and sing like him. Is that right? The dads have a major, major influence over daughters and sons. You know, they have very important roles. And they do. They, they really and, do. And they do. And and that father, and then daughters try to marry their father, if you will, uh, of course someone else. But that seeing that father in that home is is very important for the development of both the, the son and the daughter. And I, I I think it's so crucial. And I'm not just talking about fathers; it's also the mothers. And that's why I mean I don't think God put us in a position, you know, for us to be to be with someone. That's why you know. Uh, he didn't. He said, "Man should not be alone." <laughs> and right now, we have a lot of men alone and a lot of women alone. And it's time for us to start getting back together and start building up our our, our homes and our communities. I agree with you 100. percent And it's amazing that you know I used to hear that all the time that you marry your dad. And I'm like, oh no, that's weird. But my dad was a tough guy, but he's very affectionate. He's got the biggest, softest heart um, for his daughters and oh, my good. husband. Exactly the same guy, big tough guy, very affectionate. At <laughs> the same time, um, kisses all over my daughter. Um, so it's it's just funny to watch those patterns. And even when you think well, you're escaping, yet you're not. <laughs> well, let me tell you this, and, and I'll tell you this: be very frank. My son is a football player, and he is now 17 years old. Okay, driving and everything, and I still kiss him. All right, that's my baby. He'll always be my baby, right? And my daughter is 18, and I show her love. And, and I just say that you have to show your affection to your children. Um, and there's right now, and, and as they go out in the world, you know, you will, they will feel that. They will see that. They know that they're loved. They know that they're somebody, right? And just like God loves us, we need to love our, our children and love on our families as much as we can. Because when they go out in this world, it's a struggle out there. But having God, having family, then you can make it through anything. I agree. You know, a couple of nights ago we had Amber Mabry on, and she talked about creativity and how her parents and, and the role of, you know, her parents being in her life and her dad being a very consistent man helped to build confidence in her. Um, and, and she's able to operate in a space of fearlessness because of that. Uh, consistency, I would say exactly the same thing. I think that dads have a very vital role in building confidence in children. Um, they they need that stability and that strength and that love and affection. And uh, subconsciously, you may not be aware of what it does as you get older, but I would definitely have to say that the presence of a father builds confidence in the same way that people who are led uh, by their faith have to find some confidence in God as a father to be um to, to do the work that they do and serve at the capacity that they serve at. What what would you say to that? Uh, well, you know, it sounds like you're right on. Um, yeah, I, I appreciate dads, and I really appreciate you coming on tonight's show. Uh, I, of course, I can't let you go without talking about the 2020 census. And it's really, really important time, and I was—I think Ohio would appreciate hearing that from a legislator. Can you give them some insight on why they should be participating in the census and even the impact that it makes on minority communities? 
Yeah, and I'm sorry, you're, you're was breaking up a little bit, so it was kind of hard. But um, one of the things that the census, it's very important for individuals to get out and do the census um, because, one, that's how you determine your population size and then the resources that come down to your community. We always talk about how we need this, we need that. Well, a lot of that is dictated or predicated based on the census count. Um, so I always tell people, you know, in order for you to count, you need to at least just send in that little information and ask your neighbors, ask your family members if they filled that card out and sent it back uh, or if they got online and filled out the information. I did it on my phone. It only took, uh, you know, 10, 15 minutes, and it was very easy. Um, even if you're not technologically savvy, it is, it's very simple. Trust me when I say that. And if you don't know how, ask one of your children to get on for you to help you fill it out. I'm sure they, they know the technology. Uh, they can get it done. The other thing I would say is when you talk about the census, uh, again, so many different things that happened as a result of the numbers, the count that happens in Ohio. And if we do not count all of our people, then that money is going to go somewhere else. Uh, it also determines uh, how many people we have that represent us in Congress. So if our numbers drop, we may end up losing a congressional seat. So that's why it's important for us to make certain our numbers count. And so what, what harm does it do if we, leave a, if we lose a congressional seat? Say that again. So what uh, what is the harm if we lose a congressional seat? Maybe if you can unpack that just a little bit. Well, you have you have yeah you have less advocacy when you lose your Congress people. That's the people that speak and advocate for resources to come to back to Ohio. Like in, in Columbus, you have uh, Joyce Beatty. In Cleveland, you have Marsha Fudge. Here we have uh, and we have Senator Brown. And um, in, in my area, I have Bob Gibbs. But if we lose, if we lose uh, a congressional seat, that means we have less advocacy for things that we need here in Ohio. Uh, so that's, that's why it's important to have your representation. It's the same thing at the state level. You have a state representative at, that represents your district wherever you live. And when it comes down to needing resources and things that happen in your district, uh, these individuals are advocating for it. For my district, one of the things that was major, I looked at, um, I constantly, constantly seen minority businesses who were struggling to, uh, you know, uh, get connected to resources. So I had put money, got money put in the budget to be able to um, have a, a minority business assistance center in downtown that would partner with the chamber. Because when you're at the table, then you can eat. If you're not at the table, you just get the crumbs, if that. And so I was able to advocate for that and get that done because I was a representative for Star County. That's good. That's good. Thank you so much for explaining that. You know, some of people are really just getting um, engaged, you know, with politics and uh, civic engagement for the first time. So. I appreciate, you know, you coming in and just kind of explaining what some of that means. Um, you do so much great work. I mean, and, and I, I see you, you know, out and you're always busy. Won't you tell us how we can support you? Well, I tell you this. One of the things is you can go to uh, follow me on uh, Facebook and Twitter. 
Uh, you just look up Thomas West on Facebook. <coughs> Excuse me. And I think I'm Rep, uh, Rep West on um, Twitter. Uh, excuse me, Instagram. Yeah, I'm on IG, by the way. And All right. uh, I, I would say how you can support me is as you see my legislation, if you go to the Ohio.gov and look up Thomas West, you will see all the stuff that I'm working on, and there's a number of bills. If there's a bill that interests you, um, give us a call. Uh, and also then you can start speaking out and advocating, letting people know that this legislation's uh, moving. Uh, and one of the things that I, I, I always tell people, especially even in the faith community, if we want stuff done, that means we've got to start showing up. You know, if there's a, a, a bill that's, that you think is very important or that you think is going to hurt, then show up at the state house and let your voice be heard. Let people know that you are really serious about this bill. They need to know if you like it and if you don't like it. And I, I'm no different. So how you can support me is letting me know uh, what your needs are and letting me know if the bills that we're putting forward are going to be helpful to you and your family and your neighborhood and your community. And I would also say this. Don't don't be a one-issue person, okay? There's so many thousands of issues that happen on a regular basis. Uh, one issue is, 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 is just the issue. You can agree to disagree, but follow the issues and work with all of your legislators, whether you're a Democrat or Republican, work with the people that's there because they're your representatives and they have a vote. There's 99 votes, and you know in order to move anything, you have to have 51. So sometimes you have to talk to some of the people that are not even your um, representative in order for them to support something that you believe in. I'm so glad that you talked about bipartisan relationships. Representative, and you have given us so much knowledge today. I really appreciate you coming on the Compassion Network. That was awesome. Do you have just a comment or a word of encouragement? Oh, yes, I didn't hear you. You broke up there. Uh, I'm words sorry. of encouragement? Is that what you... Yeah, just a few words of encouragement for those who are uh, who may be interested in doing some of the work that you do or partnering with you. You know what I tell people all the time. You know, if you're interested in getting, um, getting into politics, if you're interested in being an advocate uh, for others, it's, it's, you really got to kind of deny yourself and, and work for others, which is a good thing. Um, and, you, you know, you go out there and just get a sense, start to serve. And I tell people this all the time. You don't have to be a legislator to serve. But when you are serving, then people start to see what you're doing. And then they, it, it's much easier. It's a much easier transition. Um, and you can start at any level. You can start at the city council level, at the state level, or at the federal level. But it takes a lot of work. And once you get in... You know, have the faith to do it. Don't just sign up to, you know, get noticed. But when you put your name out there, it's a real commitment, and you got to have the faith and the endurance to be able to sustain it. So I would say anybody that's interested in, uh, they can call my office. We'll sit down and talk, and I can help you through the process. Thank you so much. That was awesome. In closing, the Compassion Network, is all about leadership from the perspective of faith. It takes great faith to commit to being a public servant. 
We appreciate Representative West that fights for families across the state of Ohio and in his district every single day. I hope that you were inspired by today's message. Visit the CompassionNetworkPodcast.com or follow Compassion Network on Facebook to learn more. Thank you, guys, and have a good night. Hired by faith, driven by results, it's the Compassion Network Podcast with Tia Ramey.